Welcome back to Following Nodon, a Stormlight podcast. This week is episode 52, and we're talking about chapters 40 through 49 of Warbreaker. This is our second to last episode of, of Warbreaker. Next week, we will be finishing the book. And then the week after that, we'll be talking about the book, the the entire thing, you know, cover to cover, and we'll be talking about our general feelings of it. So we're almost done uh, with Warbreaker. We've been doing this at a much faster pace than a uh, a Stormlight book. Stormlight books of the first two took us four months each, respectively, and this one has taken us a little over a month, not quite, or not quite a month, in that it's a little over a month. Never mind. Paul, how are you? <laughs> um, I'm about I'm a, I'm about pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel great, uh, ready to go further into our book and I'm honestly excited to finish it. Um I think I will be tearing into uh Warbreaker a little more this week than I have previously, but I think it should be good discussion, so looking forward to getting into it. Before I throw it over to you, Elliot, I said on our first episode of Warbreaker that I do not like Warbreaker. And this week is why I don't like Warbreaker. But, uh, Elliot, you can go ahead. We're on the same page. Uh, I'm excited to get towards the home stretch here and wrap up the story. I am very I'm very excited to to bring this story to a closure. I'm, I'm very glad we read it. I... Yeah, I think my my ultimate verdict. We'll see what happens, but I definitely don't haven't enjoyed this story quite as much as the the Stormlight Archives ones that we've, we've read so far. But I, I still am very invested in the characters here, and I, I really want to know where where we're going with all this. So I'm excited to to finish. All right, Paul. I'm just going to ask you straight up. Let's let's stop beating around the bush. What what is it that that you're upset about? Okay, the reason I am upset with this book. Okay, so I, I will preface this slightly. So I feel like for about our first two, or honestly even three episodes about this book, it's been kind of like okay, we can see how the stage is being laid out, but we need to wait before we really make a decision whether we like it or not once we have more once more events occur right um and i feel like the big thing was like okay what's this mystery with siri and the god king what's going on here like there's obviously stuff going on behind the scenes and i feel like in our last episode they had it figured out they had they had it kind of like oh like you know once you produce an heir, they like kill the god king and take his birth. I don't know all this stuff. So they're like, "Oh, so we're not having a kid. We're gonna, we're gonna beat this somehow." And what made me mad <laughs> was, I, 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 I'm not gonna like understate that that word. It, it actually made me mad. Like I wasn't just like, "Oh, that's lame." Like you know, it, it kind of made me mad that. I don't remember the exact series of events and honestly I don't care to look back at it but it was basically like Siri just kind of like they know this now like we're not having a kid like 
she didn't want to have a kid to begin with necessarily, but like we're not going to because we know reasons behind it. But she looks at the Gun King and I guess just gets this like look in her eyes, right? And then they just have a kid. Like they just <laughs> they, they, it's just like everything like like initially that wasn't even a like interest, like you know, that no one wanted to. And then and then on top of that they find out a reason. All right. They have like real like we shouldn't because there's this like scheming stuff going on and they're gonna kill you or something once you have an heir and they know that now and then they just have a kid, like they just i was i was honestly upset about it i was like what do you mean like y'all are just gonna have a kid now like hey that's i honestly think it, it kind of ruined a lot for me i'll be honest I, I didn't like it at all so so before i chime in on this that alone it kind of just ruined that storyline for me which was Probably my favorite one, that and Vasher were my two favorites. So, before before I chime in on this, for the record, Paul, our our columns of this book are not the same, but they are similar. Uh, okay. Elliot, what are what are your react? What's your reaction to that? That's my big thing. So, I, I, I gotta I gotta say, I didn't have quite such a a negative reaction to that. I I think I. I think I was a little more bought into the whole love story part of this. I, I, I think I've, I've accepted that Siri. I, I agree. Had no interest in the the beginning, and, and neither did did our God King character. But through the act of just hanging out together every night and learning how to read and telling stories and telling each other about their histories and their parents, like I'll buy that they would fall in love in the course of that. I, I think, I think to the timeline on this is throwing me a little bit. We've had a few hints that the timeline here is a little bit longer than you might think at first. And Trevor right. helped me out here, but there's been a couple references. I think in the Vivenna timeline, actually, that's like, yep. you know, and after a few months of this, and it's like, well, well, hold on a second, wait, months? Like, how long are we going here? So I kind of got the impression that we're like maybe six months, maybe even from the start of our story. Maybe that's a little long. Maybe maybe it's more like four months or something like that. But I, I guess I took it more of a, they slowly fell in love over the course of multiple months and so for them to to decide to be married and and all that entails i guess didn't seem like too much of a twist for me yeah i'll let you talk trevor what you think so before i jump into what i have to say let me let me be, play devil's advocate here paul because elliot you are correct that the time skip is a little misleading in this book in that especially in vivenna chapters it's when she's a when she's a beggar and she like there's just this offhand comment of oh yeah those guys beat me up three weeks ago and which would imply that she's been a beggar for quite some time like several weeks have gone past or she was passed out for a week in in vasher's like hideout like there's some serious time skips that, that are happening um in like within like a paragraph so paul her life is in danger at this point. They're going to start being suspicious that she's not pregnant. And her getting pregnant isn't 
isn't putting her life in any more danger at this point because they are going to start asking questions or, you know, getting suspicious that she's not just have a kid yet because she's been faking intercourse noises for six months now. So like, you know, does that help you at all before I, it, it does. It honestly does because I had had that thought before, like how long can you fake it before they're like, everything okay <laughs> um so that makes that makes more sense if it, if it's a longer timeline there i was definitely under the coming in with the knowledge that it was like a very short time span um so that 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 makes it more that makes sense okay honestly um i will say I, just general storyline i don't know I'm still just not a fan of how it all went down and everything, but but I do like I I am a fan simply of the like love story aspect. I mean, I'm not a big romance story fan, but like I do like that you know they kind of spend time together. They like read and like she kind of helps him figure all this stuff out and everything. And I was I was, I definitely enjoyed that. Like I, I really liked that, um, but. Not the biggest fan, I guess. Still, so. Okay. So, what what really makes me not like this book, and I'm going to say what my problem is, and then I'm going to go through all of the, the points of which, like, can excuse this point and how it still doesn't make a difference for me. It just bothers me. So, Sebron is 50. And Siri is 17 and it bothers me like I, I i understand he ages differently i get it he's super naive he might as well be 17 too like neither like you know i get it i do i understand there's like in in fantasy there's weird mythological creatures that have like relationships with humans all the time arwen and aragorn you know like that i understand i i do She's 17 and he's 50. I can't get over it and it bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> I they're married. It doesn't matter to me that uh she loves him Trevor. <laughs> I okay. It it does make a difference because, you know, at the beginning of the story, she's terrified of him and rightfully so because she has no idea who this guy is and he's 50 and, you know, but and then in this chapter in chapter 44, the one that we've been talking about here, She's the one that initiates this, which I I understand they're in love and the, the love story is very nice. I just can't get over the, the age difference. It it bothers me. I I I have to say I agree. So my if I'm pointing to a specific point in the story, I would point to what I talked about before, but as over the book as a whole, what I haven't liked is I feel like details like that, like that in no way helps my story experience personally. Like knowing he's fifty, like I, I'm not a fan. I I agree with you, Trevor. Like I think it's weird, and you could be like, yeah, like there's all this mythological stuff. Like it's not real or whatever. But like just to, like either make it closer or like just leave it out. Like I feel like it didn't even have to be 
mention. I don't know. It, it does make me uncomfortable, like, and I feel like it didn't have to. I feel like there's a lot of like unnecessary detail that just made the story less comfortable for me. I less enjoyable. I would just feel way better about the story if he was twenty. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it, it, he on the on the God King's twentieth birthday they pick a bride. You know, like just just. Just yeah. <laughs> write it that way, you know, and make them closer yeah, in age, and, and, and yeah, everything's fine for me. But uh, I just cannot get over it. Would this is purely hypothetical? But Trevor, would you feel any better about it if Siri had enough breath to breaths to where she was at that like ageless level? So if their ages were different, but they were both not aging. Or is that still just as terrible? I mean, if they were both 2000 and he was 2050 and she was 2017, I would have no problem with it. But, <laughs> like, you know, like, when when he's lived more than twice as long a life than she has, even though she's more, right. even though she's more book smart than he, like, it still doesn't matter to me. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little awkward. Not the only awkward part of the entire book either. A little awkward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> I, I just needed to, to say is, that. Is that like pinnacle one reason of like why you aren't yes. a warbreaker? Okay. Yes. Because I was going to be such a, like, a, I was, as I was reading this book, I'm like, oh, this is really cool that like, you know, they're, they're falling in love kind of and then they just like go for it in chapter 44 and i'm like gosh dang it i, I it's <laughs> like i was not a, i was not a fan me neither all right somebody else want to talk about uh something other than chapter 44 <laughs> i glad anything else I can, I can start us off actually with a little bit about Siri. Actually, starting in in chapter forty, Siri has a little showdown with Susabron's high priest guy Trelides. Yep, where they just outright threaten each other, pretty much. Yep, which I thought was, uh, in a way, intriguing, but also just awesome. Uh, the fact that no more sneaking around, no more manipulating each other. I'm just going to straight up say, I know what you're doing and I'm going to stop you. No, I know what you're doing and I'm going to stop you. You know, finally some characters are coming out and saying it. And I thought it was good. Yeah. The, all of what Siri has uh, discovered about the priests seems to be pretty accurate um, when it comes to this conversation. So there are, there is finally development. And it, my one, one takeaway from that discussion though, that I did take was Siri comes away really with this impression that, she doesn't. It doesn't seem like Trelides is necessarily acting like evil, per se. It doesn't seem like he's motivated by wealth or something like that. He he doesn't seem to be acting with those kind of motives. It seems like he's he's acting. It seems like he's doing what he truly believes is right. 
it, it seems right. like we have a case here of his priests are doing what they believe is part of their religion. And are they getting ready to kill their king? Yeah, maybe. They, they, they very well might be, but they seem to be doing it because they believe it's important step for their culture. So it's it's an interesting potential. Again, we still don't really know like who the villain in all of this is. Is are are these guys just kind of the misled, you know, priests that are just doing their jobs and there's another bigger villain out there, or are these the villains and uh, I don't know. I don't know, but it's, it's it's an interesting little nugget there if that's true. Siri could have been misreading that, I think, but if that's true. That is, and that's kind of been. I am curious to see as so next week we will be finishing the book, and I am curious to see like. I feel like there's a good amount of ground that has to be traversed. Um, I feel, we we've seen a lot of cool stuff, but honestly, as far as story progression, it feels like a lot of stuff is happening with, like Vasher and Vavena. Um it hasn't felt like it's been progressing. Like we haven't seen direct fruits of like, I don't know, like a story arc with series story. I feel like we have kind of seen that more. And maybe that's why I've been more interested in it. It seems more clear and at least in my mind. Um, but I'm curious to see, like, I, I'm kind of assuming that, you know, well, Denth is at least a, a big antagonist. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see. I feel like there would be there's got to be someone or something else, uh, but I don't fully know. So I'm curious to at least reach the end of the book for that reason. Um, but enough, kind of enough speculating about like next week stuff. I thought was really cool this week. Um, I thought it was really cool with like Vavena learning a lot more about awakening and Vasher kind of teaching her. Um, and I feel like she was kind of starting to get the hang of that. She kind of got to practice. Um, it, it kind of felt like, I mean, same the same uh, vibe as our Knights Radiant in, in our main storyline. Once they figure out they have powers and they kind of like take time to like train and test it and see what they can do, how much they can do, all this stuff. I mean, we kind of had that moment with Vivenna. Um, it's, the, she it's the training montage before the end uh, climax of the movie, you know? Exactly, exactly. I have the tigers playing in the background or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I am very curious what our climax of the story is going to be. Uh, is it going to be like what light song is seeing in his dreams with like all out war and destruction, or is it going to be something much more simpler of just like Siri and Vivenna are going to finally meet up after all this time and have to come to grips with the journey each other have been on. Like, is that really all we're building up to, or is it going to be much larger and bigger than that? Are, are we going to go to war? Are the two countries going to go to war and that's the final climax? Or is it just going to be like the two sisters re reuniting and realizing that each one has changed so drastically? I I'm really interested to see where the, the just story arc is going to go. 
because yeah, I agree with you, Paul. It seems like there's a lot of a lot of directions we could still go with this. A lot that seems rather un unwrapped up at this point. Doesn't Vivenna have a line that says or that she still thinks Siri is under like the influence of the God King, you know, like she she's still very much on chapter four of Warbreaker and Siri's, you know, on chapter hundred. Like she's she's definitely moved further along than what Vivenna's uh thinking. Yeah, I feel like if they meet up again, Siri and Vivenna, Vivenna's going to be like, we've got to get you away from him. And she's going to be like, well, I kind of like him. Like, he's a nice, yeah. you know, he's a nice guy. Um, and stuff, which would be kind of funny. Um, and, but yeah, I feel like there's a lot of ground to, to, there's definitely like a lot to pass over the next, over the last couple of chapters. Definitely. And I think the flip side of that reunion, if that happens too, is going to be just as, as earth shattering for Siri when, you know, Vivenna is going to be in shock of, wait, you don't want to leave this guy or you want to bring him with you? Like, what are you thinking? Siri's going to realize that you're an awakener. Yeah. Like, holy cow, you know, that's not okay. I think both of them are, are going to have a lot of, I don't know, understanding to do or yeah, about the other person and, and what all they've, what all they've done and what all they've become over the last 50 chapters that, that we've seen them do individually. Should we predict what we think is going to happen? Cause I can I have a, I have a decent idea. Yes. yes um, do it. Okay. My, my, I guess, cookie cutter, you know, straight path to the finish line guess of how this book is going to end is, Siri and Sebron are going to be very like I don't know they're going to kind of go public that that they're almost going to try and escape or fight back at someone right maybe blue fingers or something I don't know something like that um and it's going to cause this whole drama and they're going to have to escape and all this stuff um I think what else is what else are we going? Are we going to uh, war? Um, the book's titled Warbreaker. Um, they're so they're gonna break war is actually what's gonna happen. <laughs> they come to war break. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I I don't know for sure on that. Um, I think I I think it's gonna be a happy ending. For who? I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> They're gonna have the their child together happily in the in peace. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I thought I could make a good prediction, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I feel less enveloped in this world. Maybe because we went faster, but I feel like I don't even understand. I don't understand enough of like the how on the edge of war they are or not. So I want to say no because I'm like it, it doesn't seem that bad, but um, but it's probably way worse than I'm thinking. Um, but I we kind of me and Elliot we kind of made the jump almost we didn't acknowledge it but we kind of made the jump that Vivenna and Siri are going to meet up again. We don't know if that's going to happen or not. Um, I feel like it would because they would have so much to talk about, but that might not be in the book, so we'll see. 
just let me remind you that that the term Sanderlanch has been coined for a reason, and you you get quite a bit in the end of Brandon Sanderson books. So if that helps your predictions at all, true. Brandon Sanderson also likes to take his time with battles. I I think I've seen it's when we get an action scene, it, it's not usually really quick. So I don't think we're going to go to war. I think they're going to avoid that. I just don't know that. I don't feel like that would be really fitting with the tone of this book. It's been so much more political intrigue and a little bit of romance and a little bit of, you know, spy novel heist kind of stuff. Thing. Yeah. 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 Been like so a I, night dark almost like. Yeah. Yeah. That very much uh, that type of story. So I don't know. I don't think we're going to see like a full pitched battle, you know, on, on the field of battle, one nation versus the other. I bet we're going to get some kind of dramatic death or near death as we've, so we've come off of our, our recent words of radiance. We know that most deaths don't actually result in deaths. So I I could honestly see something with like Siri dying or getting injured to the point of death and like Light Song giving up his light to her or something like that. Oh, I yeah. think Light Song to save I think the light child. Song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think. I think Light Song is going to end up giving up his breath, his godship thing. I think he's going to he's going to figure out who he was. He's going to figure out something, and it's going to be such a revelation for him that he's going to either not like who he was before and give up his breath to someone who he feels deserves it more, or see like, oh man, that person I was before was so much better of a person than I am now. I can't go on like this. I'm going to give this to someone else. I, I think that's going to be a conclusion of his story. I could oh, see can that. Can I... Sorry. Can I get you to say that again? So, Light Song is either going to, one, figure out that the person he used to be is not someone he likes and not be able to handle that. Or, he's going to figure out that the person he was before is someone he likes and is fantastic and it then can't live with his self now and has to give up his, his light to someone else. Okay. Thank you. We'll reference this later. Sorry. <laughs> nice. So and he is Shalon. Let's go. Whichever Let's go. version of that fits with your Shalon uh, theory better, Paul, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. He was proud to be Shalon back in the day, and he's like, "Wow, Shalon would have given up her breath." You know, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're gonna get some sort of or multiple dramatic. Wait death, a minute, or almost death. Wait a minute, I have something to back up your theory, Paul. So you remember in Words of Radiance when mm-hmm. uh, Middlefest, the chapter of Middlefest, and Hoyd turns around. And sees Shalon. What does he say? I didn't expect to see you here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Great point. Excellent point. Yeah. That just I, uh... just dawned on me. Sorry, I had to share with the class. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's, a, that's more actual evidence. <laughs> so I'm very thankful. I was like, you know, I could see him. He kind of almost thinks like she'll. <laughs> um, I like it. Yeah, proof. So so Hoyd knows. Hoyd's the only character we know who knows. So that's how we'll get our confirmation one day. Sounds good. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Elliot. I just had a, an epiphany moment and had to share with the class. <laughs> I, I was dead. I was dead. All right, let's talk about talk about Light Song. He's had a bunch of foreshadowing in his in his like the priests are up to something. He's dreaming about to tell her burning like the entire book. What's what's going to happen with uh, with Light Song? You, Elliot, you said uh, a theory about him getting. Uh, a revelation about who he was, who he is, something like that, and giving up his breath. Uh, Paul, do you have any any thoughts? That, like, I, I could very well get behind that um, because I haven't really taken Light Song into account when it comes to the end of our story, but that seems like the most fitting thing because it, it the struggle we've seen with him is like, I don't want to be a god, I don't want to do these things, like. I don't want to give my breath away. Come on. And so like, I feel like kind of the internal struggle there being resolved is going to be like that completing. Um, so like a very, like very much in support of that. Um, I also like there's nine chapters left, right? Like I don't see it going to a full out war either. Like, this seems way too, there's just not enough time for it. So, yeah. um, if it so if it helps you at all, there is a Warbreaker sequel planned at some point. Like the in the outline, the Cosmere outline on Brandon Sanderson's website, Warbreaker sequel is on the list. So could it end with and we're going to war and the and the book ends? Like could that happen? That could happen. <laughs> it can happen, Trevor. Right. Um, um, that that I mean that would explain it. That that makes it where we don't necessarily rule out war because of length. Um, yeah, we we may not even get to that decision point if if there if there is a sequel where we, we may hit a climax with the characters we've seen so far and they, they might even not resolve the whole go to war, don't go to war thing. Maybe that's in the next one. I could see that. I could also see I very much like just still not going to war because I don't, like a, my length aside, the biggest reason why I felt like there wouldn't be a war in this book is because I feel like we've only seen like much from one side almost like i feel like we've only seen like sasebron and the people there i don't know i feel like i mean i guess like for example with the stormlight archive like we just see most mostly one side of it i mean that is like the parshendi versus the shattered plains people but and it doesn't necessarily help my point, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, we really, we don't really see that much of the struggle between sides. So I feel like war isn't being alluded to as much 
considering it's a book about them being on the brink of war. Right. Uh, but. Uh, Paul, give us an update on Vasher. How's our, how's our Strider-esque gruff character guy doing? Man, um, he's doing, so he's, he's kind of helping Vivena learn. Also, correct me if I'm wrong. I will mm-hmm. give as much as I remember. Uh, Vasher's helping Vivena to learn her awakening stuff. Right. Kind of almost giving her the words, like the things she can and can't do. Helping point out stuff like that, kind of speeding up her process. Um, the. Um, that's what I'm looking for. Kind of the impression I get of Vasher is like he has good intentions, but he gives them. An, like he seems rough, kind of with Vivena like not that caring but he means no harm or anything uh with her and he's trying to help her out to her at least (laughs) yeah yeah true um but he seems you know like good intentions trying to help her and stuff in his mind he's like well this is a tool that's out of death's hands you know and stuff so Um, definitely still character but at the end of this section Vivenna comes to the conclusion that Vasher is a good man. And uh, she just saw him break down in tears at this uh, this young girl getting kidnapped as blackmail for one of the, uh, as part of this starting war thing that's happening here. And he risks his own life to go save uh, this girl. And like, because he thought it was the right thing to do, so Vasher's going to go do it. And uh, Vivenna is saying, Denth wouldn't wouldn't have done that. And I, the the way I can conclude that Vasher isn't uh, manipulating me uh, like Denth was is that uh, I'm watching Vasher. Uh, and his actions as opposed to uh, the, his words. And there's a difference there um, that I can draw a conclusion based on what I see him genuinely react to as opposed to all talk and whatever. Vasher also displays some interesting abilities in these chapters. He, in that scene where yeah they, they save the priest's daughter and yeah, there's that moment where yeah, he's got tears or whatever it is. Vivenna tries to get the girl to to come to her, and the girl won't let her touch him, touch her. Vasher then goes to try and pick the girl up, and she like jumps into his arms. And then later, when they're approaching the priest's house, he's got all these dogs, and the dogs come like charging out, like they're gonna you know protect the home. And then they see Vasher and they run up to him and like all happy and lick his hands. Mm-hmm. And then right before he hands over the daughter, he like erases her memories of the terrible stuff that she's been through. Mm-hmm. It, it's all a little vague. It's not like, doesn't explain how he does that or. Vivenna also notices that the girl's biochroma is warped. Um, at the end of the chapter, she's she thinks to herself, "Well, 
how like how does that work because Denth said if I were to give up my breaths then I'd have to give them all up and so then she's confused wait did he just give her a, a new breath so that and so she's all confused on how breaths work now because yeah. like, yeah. So her biochroma so, was messed up and she could see that because she was of the third heightening, I think third, maybe first, I don't remember. Um, and so now she's questioning how breaths work because something weird just happened that Vasher did. Yeah. What, what are all these abilities that he seems to have now? This ability to calm the girl and ability to calm the dogs and, yeah, this strange, did he give her some breaths and not all? Did he erase her memories? Like, what all went down here? Vasher is all of a sudden way more than I thought he was before. We we also had this scene where Va- Vasher goes all, like, university professor on on Vivenna and gives her a, a lecture on how awakening works sort of he he explains to her the four different biochromatic entities and kind of explains them all which was very educational for me i actually really enjoyed that section cuz it was like ooh tell me more i want to know how this this stuff works but that was again another like wait this is this is Vash. This is Vash. Explaining saying, all this yeah. to us? Like, uh, what? Vasher doesn't have time for this. He needs to go slulk in a corner somewhere. <laughs> he seems way too happy right now. <laughs> way too cheerful and helpful. We were, we were wondering about Nightblood, the uh, last episode, and part of that little lecture that he gives her on biochromatic entities seems like it might tie into some of that, that we were kind of wondering about because the, the four that he, he tells her about are basically embodied live humans, which are the returned embodied dead humans, which are lifeless, lifeless embodied dead things which are like the ropes and clothing and stuff that they are, are awakening. But then the fourth one is is basically kind of embodied live things, or that's the like the, the, the fill in the blank, if you will. And there's even a moment where it's either I think it's Vena, like glances over at Nightblood, like thinking, Well, hold on a second, could that be like the category that Nightblood is in? which could potentially answer some of our questions we were wondering out before of is Nightblood, yeah, just a whole bunch of breath all stored up in an item such that he's become sentient or is it a slightly different version of Awakening that we haven't really seen before? And Vasher like won't talk about it. Then I like ask him about it and he refuses or something. So it seems a little ominous there. So uh, with the rules we know about Awakening with the commands um we've seen some uh some command rules if you will um like when he breaks into the the palace and he awakens the squirrel and says go wreak havoc while i while i jump out the window here and uh could 
what, what what's the one thing we know if you were to define nightblood in one sentence what would it be chaotic good okay a, a sword who can do what he wants okay but how does he introduce Ish. himself to like everybody he's out to kill evil right so could Nightblood just be like a sword and his command is go kill evil. Like maybe is that. Yeah. I think that's some good logic there. It does seem like that can make a lot of sense actually. Cause it, it does seem like Nightblood is a good guy. If you will, he just seems very like set on one objective. And right. that is, Oh, there's a smidgen of evil in you. Ah, you're dead. Okay, next. You know, it seems to be kind of his. I, I say his when it's just a sword, but whatever it is, it it's logic process of you know just point me in the direction of the bad guys and and let me go. Yeah, it's like kind of thing. Scanning, scanning. Oh, you're one percent evil. Okay, I'm gonna kill you right. next. One percent evil, killing you next. <laughs> So that might make sense with your, he's been given some kind of command and he's just living out that command. Could he be a, sh a shard blade, a spren? And so that when he's been given this command, he can't take his spren form anymore because then he wouldn't be ready to kill evil. <laughs> Too far? Sorry. Pop. <laughs> I think I think it is. I'm I'm trying to rope Paul into this conversation. If I say spread, then he cheat, then he perks up. No, the the thing I was I was thinking about it with the like, is this just a sword that has a billion breaths? Like, and I don't think so. I I, I honestly think like whether or not you're trying to, I think this is Trevor, Trevor trying to lead us astray again. Okay. <laughs> and I I don't. It's 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 slightly possible, I would say, that at the end of the book, like we'd we'd have to see that. If not, we're assuming it's like a shard blade. Um, I would say it's like a shard blade until proven it has a a sword. It's a sword with eight million breaths, like that's proved at the end of this book or something. Um, but have we? I'm trying to remember. So whenever it kills all those people, right? It's sheathed. Have we seen it like actually slice someone? Yes. Well, no. You've seen you've seen Vasher's handiwork and that there's dark like warps around wounds that Vasher inflicts, but you've never seen Vasher use the sword. Okay. So that was my big question. I was like whenever he leaves people around, like if if it says like their eyes are burnt down or something like that that we know. Right. Um But we haven't seen that. So that's the biggest thing that's making me skeptical right now. But we also haven't seen that. So like it could go either way, I guess. But um Yeah, I, I'm I'm very much like not enough evidence, but still just leaning towards it's a some kind of funky spren. Um I think Trevor's trying to 
lead me astray. I would never do that, Paul. He did it like two episodes, last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Two episodes ago, but admitted to it last episode. I I think I'm going to stick to my theory that for whatever metaphysical reason, I don't think Spren can exist in this world. I don't think Spren, I think Spren are unique to Roshar. I'm going to stick with that. And therefore, by definition of that, Nightblood has to be something else. But I I bet we're going to figure that out pretty quick in Oathbringer, would be my guess. Well, as soon as we see Zeth again, it should be pretty obvious to tell whether Nightblood is behaving as a shard blade or not, I would guess. Right. If you ever got like a, a Nightblood Sill interaction, you'd get that answer pretty right. quick. Yeah. Right. I will say, I think my biggest fear is that we're going to have to wait until like part four or five or something. <laughs> Could happen. Like that's gonna happen at the end of part two, and then or uh, book two, and then we're just gonna have to wait, and wait, and then at the <laughs> end it'll be like a chapter. It'll be like whoa, Zeth and and Nightblood, and then we'll be like okay, wait till next book. <laughs> but hopefully it's throughout the whole book. I'm really excited for that. Or or maybe this whole thing has been a red herring from Trevor and Zeth. It didn't really just pick up Nightblood. And yeah, what well, is this different sword? It's similar. Like it just—it's just some dark, dark shard blade, and that was right. that was story. Yep. Like no significance to it. Yeah, yeah. And Trevor's recent track record. I mean, I've actually passed lied to you the whole time, and they have these stories have nothing to do with each other. Hoyt's just like a typo. It's not actually his name. <laughs> <laughs> just he just reused the name. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No, Hoyd is the sliver of truth in this whole this whole sham. Hoyd is like the little bait you're using to trying to get us to hunt for all the similarities when really there are none. Yeah, he just used the name Hoyd. Like Hoyd is the name he uses for all of his little cl- clever stories <laughs> in each book. You know. Yep. Uh, it's like a little fun thing, but yeah, maybe we figured see. it out. We've cracked the code. We've solved Trevor. Yep. All right. Any any final theories before we finish the book next week? No. I have. It's not a. Thing. I noticed a term that has come up a couple times in this book that also came up a couple times in. I, I get my memories mixed up now between Way of Kings and Words of Radiance. I think it's mostly Words of Radiance, maybe once or twice in Way of Kings. But the term is investiture or invest, like various uses of that word. And in this book, it's it's used to to talk about like the breaths that someone has. It's we haven't seen it used enough for me to like really pin down exactly what it means, but when when they talk about investiture is talking about the breaths that someone has and i went and and did a little bit of quick looking in words of radiance to make sure i wasn't crazy here thinking about these and the references that we got to it in words of radiance are even more vague but seem to maybe be tied to spren and like the powers that knights radiant have i think pattern mentions it once i think lifts spren what's his name 
window? Um, no. Yes. When in yes. you're right. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's no, no. it started with a dump. I think it's Wendell. I think you're right. Either Wendell or well, my first guess was like Walter Wallace or something like that. <laughs> it's definitely a W name. I think I, it's Wendell. I definitely had this thought that I just spoiled something on accident. Like, because that's the right. name that came to mind. So I said it and I was like, wait. But I think <laughs> but I think I'm I think good. it is. I, it's Wendell. Yeah, I think I it's think Wendell. You're in the that, clear. that guy, he mentions invested or, or something like that. You know, capital I on that invested there. Um, a couple times, so I don't have enough to fully put the puzzle together yet, but there's something going on with that term that's perhaps similar across these two worlds of the power that someone wields or has inherently, or maybe this could debunk my whole spren theory, because I think in Words of Radiance, most of the times that comes up, it's in relationship to spren somehow, so maybe spren are in this world, they just behave differently or they are breaths or who knows, but I'm keeping my eye out for investiture as we keep going. Okay. Paul, quick question for you. How far did you get in Mistborn? Not super far. I'm probably like seven or eight chapters in, like not far at all. Did so. they talk about the magic system in Mistborn at all yet? Like with the metals and stuff, yes. as far as I understand, it talks about each different type of metal produces different things. Almost, you could almost equate it to like the Knights Radiant, like certain people can bend different metals, right? And it right. gives them certain powers, and there's very few people who can do all, all that stuff. Um, but that's about as much as I know. Okay. I don't remember the specific powers and stuff like that. It's been a little while since I started. So. It, but- just so you know, Elliot, investiture is also used in Mistborn. That that word is also used in Mistborn. That's all I'll say about that, though. Very interesting. I will give you guys a Cosmere uh, special episode. It will come before Rhythm of War, but it will not come yet. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> Just a short five months from now. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> any any other closing thoughts for episode 52 i had one slight closing thoughts on the topic of so where elliot found that with investiture with lift i was thinking about that because lift got like her powers from eating food right that was like how she drew in stormlight yeah. i was just thinking like so elliot kind of said like doesn't know reason why, but thinks it's probably impossible for there to be Spren in this world. I'm just kind of, I guess I'm very open to like things because the food things seem different. So I'm just going to make the jump that there can be many different things. We just don't know about them. That kind of, I don't know, supply power or a magical sense. Um, so maybe Spren, breaths, stormlight, food, metal, I don't know, all this stuff. And it depends on the person. Like you have to either be from a different place or like know or learn i don't know stuff like that so this i'm, I'm kind of like night blood could still be a sprint like and stuff yeah. is, is i guess where i'm going with that um yeah but... no, I'm, I'm right there with you and this this just came to me as you were talking i just remembered i think both siri and 
the Venna at yep. some point. This is what I was going to bring up too. I just thought of this. Siri and Avena at some point make a kind of reference to needing to eat when they grow their hair. Yep. Remember they have that ability to like intentionally grow their hair whatever length they want and and Vivena even has a moment of like she wants to grow her hair but she doesn't want to because she knows that'll deplete her food resources that she doesn't have because she's on the streets at right. that point. I just drew a parallel there between that and well. Lyft. So there's a very specific line in um, in one of our chapters that we read, maybe last week, I think, uh, where Vivenna cuts her hair to pay for food, but she nets negative. And she says, that's not sustainable. I can't, I don't have enough food per hair ratio, if you will. And so there's definitely a consumption thing there. Um, say, similar with the lift. Uh, that's an interesting parallel. I have not thought of that before. Good thoughts, Paul. I like it. Good thoughts. I can't, I wouldn't have thought of that unless you mentioned it. So, good teamwork. Any other closing thoughts? That was a good one. Nothing here. Nope. Okay. Then let's finish the book next week and talk about it next Tuesday. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. Home stretch. <laughs> <laughs>